Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. Sometimes when you're telling a story, you hit the highlights and you just that means you skip out a lot of stuff. But sometimes when you're telling a story, you want to hear the in-depth things. And last weekend, we heard Tracy Atkins telling his story of God's call in his life and his wife and their service in ministry in, in, in the uh, northern Africa area and how God used them, but also how God, the only word I know is is prune them and with discipline and difficulty, not of their own making, but just living in a fallen world. I haven't gotten over this yet. Just because you're in the ministry, pastoring, missionary, teacher, whatever you are, you still live in the real world. It rains on the just and the unjust. And so that's the story that we started with last week as Tracy was relating his call, his his ministry over there, his heartache with his family, a loss of a child who had special needs. And Nathan, uh, we, we were sitting here just listening and intrigued by it. And before we knew it, time had run out. And I said, we've got to have part two. Yeah. So this is part two, isn't it? Yeah, we're excited to hear the rest of the story. And as you're about to jump in, Tracy, I just a verse came to mind. And it's in James chapter one. It says, consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its full effect, so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. That's a, <laughs> Let me see. That's a Endur- tough verse to go through. Endurance can't help but think of a marathon runner, and you can't help but think of Hebrews when it says we run the race, laying aside every weight that would, you know, weight us down, that we run the race that He's called before us. Some of those races have markers. They're kind of checkpoints. Yeah. You check in. And when we start recounting the marathon that we're running, we, we see these checkpoints in our lives. And Tracy, you did a great job of sharing that. And when we left off last week, it was about being at a church, Hillcrest Baptist Church, and we're your own staff now. Yes, and sir. you're the minister of missions, director and minister of missions and discipleship. Yes, sir. Nathan, those two go together. Don't oh, absolutely. <laughs> we, we, you can't have one without the other. We talk about it all the time. Yeah. And uh, that's nearly the theme of this program yeah. because we talk about God didn't just come to get converts. He come to make disciples. Yes, that's right. And that's the missional purpose. And he brought you to Hillcrest. And it was a difficult time because here it was a mission heart, a mission experience. And they were given to missions, but not missional. They, you yes, know, sir. not going out. But God began to change that, right? Yes, sir. Bert, Nathan, before we go on, I, I have to say that that although I've used the word I and us a lot, your listeners know this, but I, I hope the story comes across as being God's story. Yeah. This is not about anything that Tracy did right 
that my wife did right, that our kids did right, even that the people around us did right. This this story is about God and the way that God has moved, the way that God has pruned us, as you said, for His glory. The reason that we were where we were, the reason that we were able to endure the things that we endured is because God desires glory for Himself. God desires those nations that are not worshiping Him to worship Him because He is a jealous God and He wants the glory for Himself. So, again, I trust your listeners know that, but but this is a story about God. It's not a story about Tracy and Kathy or, or Hillcrest Baptist Church, for that matter. We came back, as I mentioned earlier, from, from the field and were disappointed, myself more so than my wife, about the lack of, of conversations about missions. And again, we began to pray and just ask ask God, if you want us to stay here, you've got to send us some friends. You've got to send us folks around us that will begin to have some of the same conversations that we're having. And God did that. God began dropping families. We We saw it. We watched it. God began dropping families into our body that had hearts much stronger than ours for the nations. And it was through that 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 God began to change the dynamic and change the makeup from a missional standpoint at Hillcrest Baptist Church. The giving stayed very strong, but we began to see a desire in the hearts of some friends of ours that had never left the country to leave the country and go to other places and minister to people that needed the gospel. It was an extremely exciting time for us. In the in the middle of all of this, before I came on staff, I was finishing degree at Mississippi State. Kathy was had begun serving as the uh, pastor's assistant. I was diagnosed with throat cancer at the time. There were a number of things that were going on, and because we are in a church family that places a lot of emphasis on adoption, praise the Lord, mm-hmm. God began working in our lives in that way. We started looking back to that conversation we had had with our grief counselor right after our, our son had passed away in 2005. We began looking back and, and reflecting on that conversation. Our kids minister and, and his wife have adopted three children, and we were working closely with them. My wife was around him every day because of uh, her position there at the church. One day we are having the conversation about adoption. I simply told Kathy, I can't look at a picture because once I see a photo, I'm I'm done. (laughs) You're hooked? I'm I'm hooked. (laughs) Jason, we we had mentioned to Jason Blackburn, our kids' minister, that, By the way, who was a classmate with Nathan at Blue Mountain College. Yeah, awesome. And when my dad and I were on staff together at a church here in, in Mississippi, Jason was even instrumental in helping us to come alongside a family that was going through international adoption. And so he's, Jason's done a, <laughs> uh, you know, he's been a, a voice for uh, orphan care and he for adoption. Indeed. So, so that, y'all began to talk about it. Jason offered us a resource and offered us. He said, "I, I have seen a little girl that that you may be interested in seeing." <laughs> I, Kathy, had the photo on her phone. 
I simply said, no, I, I cannot look because I knew what was going to happen as soon as I looked. I'm already looking at his face, Nathan. Yeah. You think you think he was ready? Well, I, I know he looked at the picture at some point. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Bert, Nathan, I, I, I told you in the last program how God dropped all of these obstacles when we were preparing to go to the field. Mm. He did the exact same thing when we were preparing to adopt. Once, once I saw the photo, once Kathy and I came together and said, okay, we're driving again in the car. We're driving. We're chatting. I said, Kathy, we, we've got to do this. And Kathy said, but Tracy. And again, she's the realistic one. She sees the things that are right in front of us. And she started naming off these obstacles. I just looked at her and in a accidental moment of wisdom said, Kathy, if this is something God wants us to do, then he's going to take care of that. And you know that. We've seen that. I had cancer. You're you're supposed to be five years out of cancer before you can adopt. Hmm. I was unemployed going to school. We did not own property. A number of things. There were just so many things going on that, that the answer should have been no. This is not your time to adopt. We kept... Pressing forward. God, if this is something you want us to do, this is something you have to take care of. I turned 51 in March of 2014. My little girl turned four in March of 2014. On March the 31st, this blessing that God had brought full circle from, from this little boy that was born in another country with Down syndrome and heart defects and in, in grief counseling, this grief counselor who really does not know us says, would you be willing to adopt? My wife and I are standing there in this, in this city hall, for lack of a better word, in China with this beautiful little girl <clears throat> who has Down syndrome, heart defects, has had open heart surgery, had some valve repair, the same as our little boy. It's just just one of those moments where you think, God, I've done nothing to deserve this. This is all you. This is all about God. Our whole story is about God. And I'm happy to say that that little girl is nine, She is a rambunctious <laughs> mess. Um, She's a joy to watch Tracy and Kathy work with. <laughs> it's it's a worship experience for me to see you guys loving that little girl. I'll tell you that. I look at Kathy sometimes and say, I just don't have a clue. I, I have yeah. no idea why why we have been blessed in this way. Yeah. And it's and it's been a, a blessing for us. In the middle of all of this. God is is moving our pastor, our former pastor, wonderful guy, toward a, a creating a culture of disciple making at Hillcrest. I come on staff again. It's not because I came on staff. It's because of God working through His Holy Spirit in the lives and hearts of people at Hillcrest. We began to see. Uh, going from no one leaving the building and and going outside. We had begun some things locally. Uh, Hillcrest had. We were doing food pantry and clothes closet locally. We began to see God work 
towards sending people outside of our building, outside of our county, outside of our state, and outside of the nation into other countries. We were able to, the second year in 2016, we saw, I guess, maybe 40 folks from Hillcrest leave and go into other countries. In 2017, we had over 70 people active in mission endeavors in other countries. Hmm. As those things progressed, we began building partnerships. We now have active partnerships. As far as international partnerships, we have active partnerships in South Asia. We have an active partnership in Portugal, and we have an active partnership in Wales. Uh, In December, our music minister, Don Chandler, will be taking a group of approximately 20 people to Wales to work with our partner there. We just returned in June from a trip to Portugal with a team of, of seven of us and then about eight people from another association. And we've had one trip to South Asia this year and have several more planned coming up. And in Portugal, one of our young men at Hillcrest Church spent three months there. Was it three months, Tracy? Four months. Four months. I cut a month short and just was live, live, you know, as a missionary, helping and strengthening. He came back and as working with the youth. And that missional idea is being passed on. It it is. It is. It doesn't missions. Have you noticed that? It's kind of, I don't know how to say that we're catching, you know. It's contagious. It's contagious, isn't it? And tell us a little bit about each place, Wales, Portugal, and Asia. Start with that one and what God's doing there. We have a relationship that already existed through some family members there at Hillcrest with an um, a gentleman in, in South Asia. He works for the same company that Kathy and I worked for. And we began visiting with him. I met him at Hillcrest. We began discussing some opportunities maybe to come there. So actually, I, I tagged on a trip to meet him and visit with him in South Asia to the end of the first trip that I had to Portugal so I went to Portugal and spent a week, and then I left Portugal and went to South Asia and spent three or four days with he and his family, and then returned to the States. That was in October of uh, 2016. Our partnership in, in South Asia has has been strictly supporting our national partners there, as well as supporting our our workers that are there. We've had the opportunity every time we go, even those three days, I was worn out from jet lag. And even those three days, our friend there had me on the streets sharing the gospel. And that is the thrust of everything that they do. They've actually moved. He and teammates have moved closer to the people they're working with so that it does not take them so long in travel to be around the people that they're that they're working with. Yeah. So they spend the bulk of their time on the streets sharing the gospel with with the lost. We say that incarnationally, being with your people, and it really, there's a point of identity there, isn't there? I mean, you know, and and the people believe, okay, you do care because you're close by. You're not just coming in and leaving. That would show care, but investing your life somewhere really demonstrates care, doesn't it? Our best, I I suppose our best... um, the thing that we've at Hillcrest that we've done best 
is return to the places that we've gone once. And that's I think that's been an encouragement to our to the national believers there. It's been an encouragement to our colleagues there. And for them to move from where they were to where they are has been an encouragement to the national believers as well. It gives them a morale boost, so to speak, and lets them know that the love of God is not just something, it's not an abstract concept. It's it's something that fleshes itself out mm-hmm. through believers like like the three of us and like them as well. And uh, tell us a little bit about Wales. I, I, that honestly, I've been there a while and I'd heard about it, but I wanted to hear more. So this would be good for me to hear as well. Wales, Wales came about through Mississippi Baptist taking a trip there in uh, November of 2017. Brother Don Chandler, our music minister, went as well as I, and we were able to meet some of the evangelical pastors in Wales, as you know. Wales was the home of a number of revivals, Yes, uh, certainly a, a place that was uh, saturated with evangelical Christianity for a very long time. That's, and even like mission sending, a yeah, lot of mission sending so. work yes, sir. is in Wales. Yes, sir. So they've, they've gone from being known as, a, as an evangelical uh, country uh, saturated with Christianity, almost everyone being a believer, to there only being pockets of believers. And, and as you know, the UK, the legis- uh, legislation in the UK has taken some some broad steps to make things a lot more difficult for, for Christians and uh, has embraced a lot of liberal ideas, a lot of things that, that of course, AFA stands against, and, and as believers, we do as well. The Wells Partnership came about uh, because we met a pastor there, Pastor Jonathan at Cornerstone Fellowship. Uh, he and his he and his fellowship invited us to come. We went back this past July. Don took six other people this past July. They went into some of the areas that were that we would call social housing. That's what they call as social housing in areas where where no one there attends church. No one there would would claim to be a believer. There are a lot of agnostics and, and atheists. There are a lot of folks there that just check the box none when it comes to what religion they associate with. So we have been able to encourage Cornerstone Fellowship to move from a come and see attitude to a go and tell attitude. Yeah. And that's, I think, I think they would say the same thing. That's been a, a blessing for us as well as a blessing for them to, to be able to just come alongside a national church and partner with them in spreading the gospel. It really does show the importance of the local church, Nathan. Absolutely. I mean, it, you know, we can do all kinds of things, but still the local body of believers, Jesus Christ put a premium on, on the local work of the church. Yeah, I mean, the missions is to be done by the church and through the church, and it's establishing new churches, starting new churches. Church plants, man. Strengthening <laughs> existing churches. God didn't design his uh his work to be done with a bunch of lone rangers out there doing their own thing (laughs) partnership is a picture of the gospel and it is a demonstration of unity and in god's love to the world you know our witness is unaffected i believe when we're trying to do it all by ourselves yeah one of the things that i share all the time about the ministry of american family radio american family association is our partnerships Brother Don, our founder, started it out very long time ago. You know, we're not the Lone Ranger. And he'd come along, and even today, 
I mean, we're, and most of them are missional. Most of them have the idea of reaching the gospel, taking the gospel. And yes, it's different when it's radio, but the support that we desire to give to the local church is real. So Wells, what a what opportunity. Now let's move to not too far away from Wales when you talk about it worldwide, yeah. just over the, I guess, the English Channel and through a little bit. Let's go to Portugal. We, Two of our primary missions convictions at Hillcrest are to work with the, with the local church in Union County and partner with as many other uh, evangelical churches as we can to um, bring them alongside and, and go to other places. And another conviction is that the local church, in whether it's in Wales or South Asia or in Portugal, they are the long-term disciple makers. We're not. We can make disciples in our own backyard, but we're not there in Portugal uh, long-term. We established a partnership um, at first with International Mission Board uh, colleagues that are living in uh, Lisbon and then some that are living in Porto, which is in the northern half of the country. Our primary work has been through our colleagues in Porto. The the IMB currently has two teams that are living in Porto working with Portuguese uh, nationals. As you know, uh, Portugal is 99.5% um, Catholic, with um, about 0.4% uh, claiming to be evangelical Christians. One of the uh, one of the partners, one of the colleagues that we work with, uh, that is associated with the IMB, is actually from Tupelo. She grew up in Tupelo, and so we had we already had a connection, kind of a natural connection there. We began working with them at that time. The first time I met them was uh, in the end of 2016. There had not been a church, a, a Baptist church plant in the northern half of Portugal, in I believe 30 years. Since that, since that time, on my very first trip, they introduced me to a lady that owns a coffee shop in their neighborhood. Since that time, they have seen Bible studies begin in this lady's coffee shop. She has opened up her uh, facility for Easter egg hunts, Thanksgiving meals, things like that. Just this, this past June when we were there, I was able to attend a service of a church plant in Porto that has taken place because of the stamina of uh, the local believers in being faithful and sharing the gospel. The sister of this coffee shop owner is now participating in this church plant that was <laughs> begun about eight months ago. Okay. So we've been able to see there in Portugal We've been able to see things progress from just going and hanging out in the coffee shop and making relationships and returning it and strengthening that relationship and returning and that becoming a very strong relationship. When our colleagues had to come off of the field because of some medical difficulties with uh, the wife, the, the coffee shop owner was probably the one that stayed in contact with them most. She was most concerned. So when Andy and Michelle returned to Porto, it's it's like all of these other things that we've been talking about. When they returned to Porto, their national friends saw 
that the love of God is not an abstract concept. Mm-hmm. It is something that is fleshed out through the lives of believers. Andy and Michelle's return to Porto spoke volumes to the national believers, as well as to those folks that are lost that they had made friends with. So here's God again, even in a difficult situation, health-wise, and God intervenes and works good from it. I mean, Nathan, uh, something that Tracy is talking about, something I remember you talking about when you were in Atlanta area, and and that's coffee shops and restaurants. A lot of of good things takes place in those places, especially with – with uh, you know pe- yeah. refugees in 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 Atlanta, but also there in Portugal. We've talked about this before. Don't want to go into it, but you know you have the first, second, and third places, and a coffee shop, restaurant, public place is kind of like a third place, and it's a really easy easier place to initially meet someone and, and gain a connection. But eventually, you want to get it back into that second place, the workplace, or the first place, the home, and, and see the gospel you know, make effect and bear fruit in those places as well. And so one thing you mentioned, Tracy, earlier, and I know we don't have a whole lot of time, so quickly you talked about how when you first kind of were jumping in with uh, Hillcrest, with your church, and they were a a giving church, they gave to missions. But now transformation has occurred. They're not just giving money, they're giving themselves and their time, and they're actually going on trips and, and, and serving overseas and locally as well, reminds me of a comment a, a young African lady made to my wife one time when she took a trip to uh, to East Africa. She said, a lot of people give money, and they send money, and that's good, but you brought yourself. You came yourself, and that means so much more. Can you speak to that a little bit about how a church might be mission giving now, but if they want to make a, an eternal impact, maybe need to think about giving their time and effort. And do it in about one minute. Yeah, sorry to <laughs> set you up. Like that. No problem. Our giving has, has not dropped uh, simply because we're going to other places. We've not pulled back. Our giving has actually increased. And as, as one person goes, particularly a person that has a sphere of influence at Hillcrest, as they go and then come back, they are able to influence others to go. Mm-hmm. There's, there's something about being in a place that, that changes you. When you step over a, a ditch running with raw sewage into a person's home and sit on the dirt floor with them and, and share a snack and share a conversation, you, you can't get that simply from, from being in a building and writing a check. You, you, you need to be there to experience that. That type of visit speaks volumes to our national partners. Our national believers need to know that there are people in other countries, not just America, in other countries that are praying for them, that are loving them, that are supporting them, and that that really have the same goal in mind as they do, and that is the spread of the gospel and the worship of God. Tracy, thank you, brother. We appreciate that for part one and part two of what God's done in your life. It's an amazing story, isn't it, Nathan? Yeah, if you missed, uh, if you're only listening to this episode and you missed the previous one, check out the podcast, AFR.net. Click on podcast and you'll find Exploring Missions. Make sure you find the part one of, uh, of Tracy's story. Thank you for being with us here on Exploring Missions. 